Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Deacon Linda Gertz as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. When I'm about to start a new task, I like to be given instructions that are clear, orderly, and consistent. That doesn't always happen. When I'm giving instructions, that doesn't always happen. When two or three people are trying to give me instructions, ah! But Jesus gives some very clear, straightforward instructions to the people who are going out ahead of him. He says, first, your lambs in the midst of wolves. That sounds like a great description of our world even today. Second, bring no possessions. Don't overload yourself, just you. Offer peace first. We're not there to have conflict, argue, theologize. We're bringing peace. Stay where you're welcomed. Don't eat more than you're offered. Great advice. Heal the sick. And tell everyone, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And it's all true. The workers come back bubbling with joy. Even the demons submit to us. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Or as Eugene Peterson's The Message puts it, God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. Jesus celebrates with them, but he offers this last instruction. Don't rejoice because the evil spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And the message puts it this way. The great triumph is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and God's presence with you. Not what you do for God, but what God does for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. It's not easy to remember that we are not running the show. We are not the ones who are, should be in the spotlight. Now, sadly, in our culture today, everybody acts like, let's worship the people who act like stars, the people who think they make the rules, that that people should do what they want, 
when they want it. And we give them a lot of attention. Well, of course, in every era, there have always been self-involved people. The so-called great ones. And that's why I just love the story of Naaman, because he is so recognizable. Open any newspaper today or go online, and there they are. The famous ones, the great ones, the ones who are looked up to and who are, quite often, busy trying to hide their secret flaws, their shame, their failure. Naaman is a successful general of Aram's army, and he was, in that sense, a great man. His shameful secret, though, was leprosy, a disease that was then regarded as God's curse for sin, a sickness outside that mirrored a sickness within. The book of Leviticus in the Hebrew scriptures is chock full of rules about leprosy and leprosy here and leprosy there and there was something called leprosy in fabric and there was leprosy at the walls of houses and rules for cleansing. But the important thing to remember was that you should shun people who were lepers. So then I think what must it have been like for Naaman and all those lepers, so isolated, so suffering, so desperate? There must have been something kind in Naaman to make his servants care about him and give him advice, even though he kind of uh, lost his temper once in a while. A slave girl tells Naaman that there's a prophet in Israel who might heal him. So he goes to his king and asks for approval, and Naaman says he's got a letter from his king to the king of Israel saying, uh, this guy needs to be healed. And Naaman sets off with a caravan of gold, and silver, and 10 sets of clothing. I don't know what that's for. Plus this letter from his king to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel reads it and just like rends his clothing with despair. Who am I, God, to heal somebody? Now, the prophet Elisha either knows all or has a good system of messengers of communication because he finds out immediately that the king of Israel is losing it and says, don't worry, send him to me. I'll show him what a prophet can do. So Nahum, lo Nahum loads up the caravan again with the money and the clothes and he comes up to Elisha's doorway and he waits and does Elisha come out and greet him and shake his hand? Not so much. He says, oh, tell him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times, he'll be healed. It just really irks Naaman. He says, he says, what is this? Where's the respect that all his wealth should have engendered? 
Well, isn't he a great warrior? Where is the adoring audience all around him? Where is the, this is the part that really gets to him, why doesn't the prophet wave his hand over the spot? What lame kind of show is this? But as Naaman's servants remind him, because against all odds, they care about him, it's not a show at all. It's just an invitation to sink into the waters of healing. No fuss, no drama, just setting all that armor aside and letting go of greatness, becoming a lamb amidst wolves. Naaman does what he's told. He washes. He emerges with his skin as pure as a baby's. His heart has been opened by a straight-talking prophet and the love of the people around him. He goes home no longer hiding shame, no longer fussing about greatness. He comes home to where God's kingdom is right on his doorstep, as it is on ours. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.